2011 was an incredibly difficult year for Kathy Lewis and her husband, Philip. Kathy, who had undergone chemo and radiation for breast cancer in 2003, had just been re-diagnosed, and her husband, Philip, had uh, prostate cancer that had metastasized to um, the bone, and um, he battled it for 16 years, but eventually it became more and more aggressive. It was a physical, emotional, and spiritual barrage, and the Lewises felt ill-equipped to battle the illnesses concurrently. But that's when a longtime friend and the area chair for the Knights of Malta, Tom Larabelle, had a suggestion. He said to me, you know, I think it would be good if, you know, if you went on the pilgrimage to Lourdes. In the throes of the taxing reality of caring for someone with cancer while battling cancer herself, a pilgrimage to Lourdes was far from Kathy's mind. It felt like a luxury she couldn't financially and physically afford. But these setbacks were exactly what Tom and the other Knights of Malta had made part of their mission, to take care of all the burdens of a trip like this so that it makes it possible for those who should want it. So, you know, they, they live their Order of Malta to care for the poor and the sick, and I think they, you know, it's part of their mission. Every year, volunteers from the Order of the Knights of Malta come to support physically and financially the sick and disabled who come to Lourdes seeking healing. Wearing distinctive uniforms, black suits with red trimmings for the men, black capes and white veils for the women, they serve as personal assistants, charioteers, doctors, and nurses to the pilgrims seeking healing at Lourdes. So in 2012, Tom, Kathy, Philip, and dozens of other Malads and their caregivers boarded a plane for Lourdes with hope and a prayer. Well, I was praying and hoping that, you know, obviously we were praying for a physical healing if that was possible, but praying that um, his will be done. I mean, God has been very good to me and put so many good people in my life to show me his way. And um, we were anticipating um, that it would be transformational, and it was. Welcome to Detroit Stories, a podcast on a mission to boldly share the stories of the people and communities in Southeast Michigan. These are the stories that fascinate and inspire us. This episode of Detroit Stories is brought to you by Weingarts, everything from lawn to snow. Over the years, Weingarts has grown to offer an unbeatable selection of outdoor power equipment and their experienced service technicians and unmatched parts inventory keep your equipment running like new. Visit www.weingarts.com to shop for your lawn and garden needs and find a convenient location near you. Bernadette Subaru was the firstborn child of an extremely poor miller in the town of Lourdes, France, and considered a dull but virtuous girl with poor health. At 14, the Blessed Virgin Mary appeared to Bernadette in a cave above the banks of the Gave River. Through 18 apparitions, Bernadette was instructed by Our Lady to have a chapel built on the site and to drink from the fountain of the grotto. There was no fountain to be seen, however, until Bernadette dug at a spot designated by the apparition where a spring began to flow. Since these apparitions, millions of people have come to the spring for healing of body and spirit. 
the church has officially recognized 70 miracles and the International Medical Committee of Lourdes has certified another 7,000 unexplained cures. Countless are the number who leave without physical healing, but an indescribable peace. Even Bernadette herself received no physical healing there, dying from tuberculosis at the age of 35, yet filled with a profoundly peaceful disposition. Her final words, Blessed Mary, Mother of God, pray for me. She was guided by a blind faith in things she did not understand, a faith that brings many pilgrims today. Pilgrims like Kathy and Philip Lewis. Kathy Lewis was a cradle Catholic and had always had some light sense of what Lourdes would be like, but it failed to encompass the reality she saw when she stepped out of the car in France. Well, it's, it's breathtaking. Can you see so many people that are going to the waters, going to the baths for healing, the prayerful experience, how, I mean, it was, I mean, the clergy, I mean, the bishops, the talks, um, the basilicas, the procession is, you know, overwhelming because we go at night and it's candlelit. The Stations of the Cross. The Sovereign Military Hospitaller Order of Malta, as it is known internationally, has been bringing malades, the French word for sick person, to lords for healing since 1958. The massive week-long pilgrimage each year in early May brings more than 7,000 pilgrims. Knights and dames of the order, auxiliary, clergy, doctors, and nurses, who sponsor, pay for, and care for the Malads 24-7. In prior years, bishops such as Detroit's Archbishop Alan Vigneron and New York's Cardinal Timothy Dolan have accompanied them, leading pilgrimages and masses and personally caring for the sick. The week includes several special masses, reflections, and processions in and out of the area of lords known as the Domain, where the apparitions took place, with members of the order pushing malads in voitures or carts to and from the shrines and healing baths. There's a real sense of joy, actually, being part of, of this big thing that's going on. Um, and, and the possibility that that you're doing something for someone who will get a heck of a lot out of it. You know, that, that they have one a potential cure, but but certainly more the thought that they will get a healing from it and, that, and it will make their lives easier. This is Tom Larabelle, the president of the Knights of Malta Free Medical and Dental Clinic and former chair and treasurer for the area Knights. He's made the trip to Lourdes more than a dozen times and in just about every capacity. I've done everything. I've pushed, I've pulled, I've walked. Uh, in the latter years, I'm not doing as much pushing and pulling. Despite his many trips to Lourdes in the last 20 years, he can't put his finger on what exactly makes the trip to Lourdes such a distinctly sacred experience. It's not one one specific, one specific thing. It's being able to, to go down to the, the domain at the, in the middle of the night and go say a rosary. It's, it's, it's 
being in the procession, the evening proce- candlelight procession, as being in the in the Eucharistic procession on Sunday, um, it, it's it's the mass with forty thousand people at one time, with hundreds of priests can celebrating, and I mean, it, it it's all these things that 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 combine for the experience. This experience Tom speaks of is what breaks down even some of the sturdier skeptics. This is osteopathic surgeon Ed Jelonic. He started getting involved with the Knights of Malta in 2004 after years of medical mission trips in Central America. So I went on the first trip and fell in love with Lourdes and what the Knights of Malta did. It was a selfless dedication to to the Malads to help take care of them from the moment they got in New York City at JFK till they came back the following six days or something. So they had a group of people around them, a pod that would take care of every need. So a lot of some of the Malad candidates were, um, you know, paralyzed or had severe mobility issues or had a significant uh, caregiver dependence that the Knights of Malta took over so that the caregivers could kind of let down their guard and relax a little bit because they had somebody helping them out. And some of these people were on uh, motorized wheelchairs that needed severe assistance. And if they didn't go with the Knights of Malta to Lourdes, they probably would have never gotten there. And they, the Knights of Malta would pay for the Malad and the caregiver so that everything was taken care of and it was a great experience for for that individual and for the caregiver going. Of the dozens of pilgrims Ed and Tom have joined over the years, they have never witnessed a physical healing. But it's not that that continues to pull them to Lourdes again and again. One of the amazing things about Lourdes is they talk about the medical miracles that occur, that have occurred there. But I think there's also uh spiritual and i don't really want to say metaphysical but there's an overwhelming uh peace that comes to people and what happened with this individual is that he was really upset with life and was not you know say woe is me and you know you know how can this happen and i think after going to lourdes he realized hey it could be a lot worse. There are people that come from Europe that are paralyzed, that are laying in beds, that can't move at all. And that he has kind of a crutch to bear or a cross to carry, but he became an acceptance of that. And I think that for a lot of the Catholics and people going there, they sort of get some self-fulfillment. And then for myself as a physician, it was like kind of recharging my Catholic battery because you see all these other people there, all the worshiping the Catholic faith, participating in it. And it's just something that in these days and times to see that so openly expressed there and with such um, camaraderie that it's just a very moving experience. Well, they would like to have a cure, uh, but Cures are very rare. Lots of healings. Lots of healings. You could see the change in people. 
as they're more accepting and you see the same thing with their their caregiver it's just it's just kind of a calmness that comes over oh to see people who go there angry actually angry that and 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 also uh, caregivers who are angry because they they hate to see their their relative or their loved one going through this horrible thing and yet during the course of that week that we're there you could see them mellowing and and and, and being more accepting and I, I don't know how to describe it any other way than that. Kathy arrived on French soil with a prayer for healing in her heart. Philip's prognosis was not good, and she was hopeful for something miraculous. But she didn't put parameters on what healing would look like. I, you know, didn't just pray that he would be healed. I prayed that God would heal him in some way. And... You know, I I wasn't anticipating a total miracle, but hopeful that maybe our prayer would be heard and he would at least be comforted. It was life-changing, just life-changing, comforting, prayerful, faith-filled. I mean, I can't tell you enough the experience for me and for my husband. I didn't know how to prepare for it exactly. I, I, I felt like I knew it was going to be powerful and, and I knew it was going to be a blessing and that's, that's all I knew and that's exactly what it was. This is Thomas Cousineau, another Malad, who made the pilgrimage to Lourdes with his sister. Tom was encouraged by a man he struck up a conversation with in the produce aisle of a Myers to make the trip. Tom suffered a spinal cord injury in a parasailing accident when he was 28 years old, leaving him confined to a wheelchair. When he was hospitalized, physicians immediately operated on him with the hopes of restoring walking. They assured him this was his one hope for walking again. He remembers laying in the ICU after the operation and being given a different hope. God came to me. It, it was a, a voice, uh, and, and God was like, um, so, you know, you've had, a, you've had an injury. You're probably not going to walk again, but that's not the walking that's primary anyway because the walking that you're going to be doing is going to be walking with me and and I will lead you and when you fall I will pick you up and so uh, it, it's really what I needed it kind of laid the foundation for whatever is going to happen in the future I wasn't I wasn't afraid years later Tom and his sister perused the streets of Lourdes the candlelit vigils the masses nurturing a hope for his healing and being overwhelmed by the love that a city that celebrates the disabled can show. That was the magic of, of the experience was feeling this tr- tremendous connection with everybody else, especially in my lives. And that's what was 
was crazy about the experience is that when you're first injured, they, they're really pretty ruthless about teaching you that they throw the gauntlet down and it's like, cut your own meat, Cousineau. Like no babying around here. If you're gonna live as a quad or a para, you need to understand right now these are things you have to do to, to have any chance at having a meaningful life. So, but you go to a pilgrimage, and especially Lourdes, because I think it's geared towards malads and healing. It's a little bit different than, than other pilgrimages, I think. And they make it seem like, what can I do for you? Are you okay? What can I do now? What do you, I mean, it's this constant sort of reaching out and saying, what can we do to make your, your day better? Are you okay? Need something to eat, something to drink? What, what can I do for you? You want to go here? Where do you want to go? And so that's the, that was the very interesting thing about it was um, having gone through my disability, being challenged, and then finding out that there's uh, these little slices of heaven that you're offered in a retreat, you know. The six-day trip culminates in the opportunity for the Malads to bathe in the waters of Lourdes. For Kathy, Philip, Tom, and the other Malads, this becomes the pinnacle of the pilgrimage. It was, the water is extremely cold and my husband was not expecting the shock of the waters. I mean, it, he actually gasped because it took his breath away, it was so cold. But then afterwards, you know, he was very grateful that he had the opportunity to do it. But it's, um, you know, just to think that's what Mary asked of Bernadette and we were there, you know, so many years later. I remember thinking, I, I, you know, like, I can't believe this experience that I'm, you know, actually here in the bass where there is healing. And, uh, but, you know, it, it's not warm water. So when we got to the water, uh, yeah, that, that was probably where you, where I thought, okay, so if it's going to happen, it's probably going to happen at the water. Um, and they put me in that water because there was a stretcher and they put me in the water. And, you know, you've heard the word breathtaking. This is more like literally breathtaking. I mean, as soon as they dipped me in, I just remember going, <laughs> like, trying to get trying to get my breath because it was so cold it just and I was there maybe I don't know maybe 15 20 seconds laying in it and then they and I was just like shaking like a leaf other than the temperature there was nothing remarkable about the water nothing that would signal to anyone miraculous capabilities and Kathy Philip and Tom left the waters unchanged unchanged physically that is Kathy and Philip would still battle cancer. Philip until he passed away three years later. Tom was still paralyzed. But for each of them, that didn't make the baths any less miraculous. They all attested to a different kind of healing that took place. There was a process of accepting the will of God that we would accept if the answer was no for physical healing 
and that would we would be at peace with our whatever was sent our way. I mean, we really were at peace when we came back. And he died three years later, but the next years were grateful that he was able to be somewhat mobile. And uh, he just had a great attitude, never complained, never complained. The miracle of Lourdes is I mean, when we landed and we finally got our luggage taken care of and we got in a group and there was this big, big group of people in a circle and anybody could say something if they wanted and I think they went around in a circle and you could maybe introduce yourself and so forth. I was completely and utterly at peace. I felt like I was with, with the body of, of Christ in, in such a powerful way that I, I was completely like bring it on whatever I can't get enough of it and that's exactly what happened through the whole experience there was this not not what it's a subtle miracle but it, if you have eyes and ears to see it it's not subtle it is it's a miracle an ongoing miracle in and of itself I, I think we I think we oversell when we talk about a miracle all of a sudden we're thinking of this mass this amazing thing where you know, Jesus is walking on water, or, you know, various things that we'd say, well, certainly that's a miracle. Um, my impression was that to keep my eyes and ears open even more once I got back to the States, because there had been a new beginning in my journey, and it was, it was Lourdes. Uh, it's, uh, God is growing me up. There's still a lot of healing that needs to happen, but God will not send me out there ill-equipped. For the Malads in the throes of sickness and disability, sometimes the most miraculous thing that can happen is getting the strength to accept. Detroit Stories is a production of Detroit Catholic and the Communications Department of the Archdiocese of Detroit. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of Detroit Stories is brought to you by Weingarts, everything from lawn to snow. Over the years, Weingarts has grown to offer an unbeatable selection of outdoor power equipment and their experienced service technicians and unmatched parts inventory keep your equipment running like new. Visit www.weingarts.com to shop for your lawn and garden needs and find a convenient location near you.